Hey, you in the carpool lane. I know you're waiting for the podcast to start, but first, can we talk about that car? It's time for an upgrade, and we know the best place to buy it. Vandergrift, Toyota, Honda, and Acura. You'll get a great deal on a dependable new or pre-owned family car and the best price for your trade. For more than 20 years, Vandergrift has attracted customers from across Texas with their award-winning service and exceptional selection. Plus, you can feel great about your purchase knowing Vandergrift supports local schools and charities with thousands of dollars in donations. Come for the sale, stay for the service. First class service only from Vandergriff. Now pull up, would you? You're holding up the line. It is No Gifts, Please, the parenting podcast by the pair with no real gifts, but a whole lot of gumption. Hi, everyone. I'm Steve Noviello. I am not hearing anything, unfortunately. Are you not? Are you no, unplugged? I. Oh, you are unplugged. It's okay. I can guarantee you we're on. <laughs> Will I be able to hear everybody? Yeah. I okay. Think you're good. Yeah, well, we're, we're sitting right here. Okay, great. Spider will come out and help you. Okay, great. Thank you, there Spider. You and I was we've been wanting Spider to get in on camera anyway. <laughs> and so here he is. That really is the best. I also have a little bit of okay, there it is. Okay. <laughs> here we are. Hey everybody. I'm Jenny Anchondo. <laughs> good to see you. You're all, all settled. Yes. Okay, perfect. Ready perfect. to roll. Yeah, let's ready to roll. So what's going on? Okay. So We've been talking about some of the, the issues, the topics, the things that have come up. <laughs> and then we said, what about us? Yeah, what about as, us? As parents, like, how are we going to get through this? You know, I was having lunch with a friend of mine uh, who I don't get to see very often, but it's it, it, it's a set of two dads. And I actually really admire the parents that they are. I admire how they treat their kids. I admire the values that they instill in them. And I also admire, um, you know, how much time they dedicate to one another. And one of the conversations that we got into was... Um, he and his husband just got back from a trip with some other dads that we know. Um, and the straight parents were like, you went on a vacation without your children? <laughs> what? <laughs> and he was like, do you guys go away without your kids? And I was like, we do. And we don't do it often, but like once a year, at least sure. we, Doug and I take a week, my parents come and stay with the kids and we go away generally with another couple to make sure that we're still married in 15 years yeah. when they go off to college and we're sitting there staring at each other. So do you guys? We were better about it in the beginning. We've been on a fertility journey for two years well, now. Sure. So yeah. it's all bets are off. All, you know, good luck making having a relationship last through that too, by the way. Um, <laughs> although I wish you all well. No, well, but so, so that has been like very regimented and, and medical and, you know, right. look, I'm not, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't you know, right. partying. I wasn't staying up late. I wasn't eating gluten. So it was just like a two year process <laughs> of that. That's like a Tuesday. For However, you. <laughs> for the first, for the first four years of Brighton's life, yes, we at least a couple times a year, but it wouldn't be a full week. It would be like three days, right? Yeah. you know, three, four days, but I felt like away. it was helpful, but I think that what, and I think that a lot of us can acknowledge that, okay, that's necessary. That's needed. But then what do you do the other 363 days out of the year? Because mm -hmm. you can't like just ride on this one vacation you get every year, I'm assuming. Well, and listen, I think that it's it's a joy to be focused on our kids, right? I mean, there are so many things in my life today that did not exist six years ago because we didn't have kids, right? And that it's it is truly a pleasure to put in front of the other things in my life. However... One day, my job is to make sure that they go off on their own. And Doug and I are going to be sitting there 
And we got we to gotta still like each <laughs> you other. You know each other. So how do we do it? So I have to tell you, there is a woman who I've interviewed a few different times in different media capacities. And at one point, um, so Heath and I have been super open. We've always gone to like premarital counseling, couples therapy, all that kind of stuff throughout our whole marriage. So we were at a crossroads because, because Heath had beef with this therapist. He, he was like, I'm just over this guy. Like, I'm not going to see him anymore. So I was like, oh, I know. Beth Reader Johnson. He's like, that's great. We met her at that gala. You've interviewed her. And then and then Beth said, look, I can't do this if I'm still going to be interviewed by you guys. So I said, okay, fine. We're not going to go with you. We'll take a referral, but we will still interview you. I'm you willing know, to not be to- your friend anymore, Beth. <laughs> I was like, look, I never want to talk to you that. again, except for that I want to pay you to give me therapy. So let me just give you some of her background. She is a licensed licensed psychiatric social worker, an individual family and couples therapist with more than 20 years of experience. Um, She's a certified Imago therapist, which was part of why I was really interested in working with her for like our family and our relationship. But now y'all get her because because we made the deal. Yeah. She wasn't going to be our therapist. She was going to be everybody's. Um, she has a master's degree from Boston College. She's actually a board approved supervisor to train other therapists. So she kind of does all the things. Welcome, Beth Reader Johnson. Thank you for having me. Not and our therapist. I'm not <laughs> your therapist. That's <laughs> such a funny story. I think we should have Jenny's therapist on the show one day. <laughs> that would be a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Would, okay. So for all the people, um, who may have the same question I do, and I hope this isn't a dumb question, but I don't know the answer. Imago therapy, what is that? It is a model that you use to help couples communicate. So really talking is super dangerous sometimes, right? They just, we just can't seem to get it. We keep saying the same things and then they keep saying the same things. And this slows the whole process down. Oh, if, no, I just talk louder. Oh, you just feel, talk yeah, louder. Right. And then you is, is feel like I it? win. And, right. <laughs> right. So Harville Hendricks came up with this. John Gottman is kind of the big researcher in the marriage counseling field. And from that, Harville Hendricks has a model. Sue Johnson has a model. Gottman even has his own model. I like the Hendricks model. And so Harville Hendricks is great. It's basically two people sit across from each other. You make sure you have eye contact. You take three deep breaths, so you make sure your neurons, your dopamine, everything's in the same place. And then one person speaks, and the other one mirrors back to them. So what I'm hearing you say is this. Did I get it? And then the magic question, is there more? Because a lot of times, we don't get open and curious. We're just so dying to tell the other person what we think Mm -hmm. that we forget. Like when we first meet, like you could stay up all night. I could have stayed up all night for like I don't know, six months talking to Scott, right? It was like, I wanted to know everything about him. And then all of a sudden he starts doing things that I don't like. And I'm like, wait, I just need you to shut up and listen, (laughs) right? And so that's not really very nice, right? I need to stay in that open, curious space. And we kind of have to remind ourselves, this is a person I chose, I want to be with. So it's worth me listening to them, letting them say everything they need to say, and then I'll get a turn. Do you feel like the best stuff comes after the, is there more question? Yes, because then it's like, what does that remind you of? Either from childhood or a past relationship. How does that make you feel? Like you're digging in then, right? And so then you really get the good stuff. And then if you can create empathy, you know, there's a funny story. Scott and I, year 14 of our marriage, we've been married 26 years. We went to an Amatigo workshop for me to work on my continuing ed and my skills. So sweet Scott had to go with me as my couple, you know, and he's in finance. He's not a therapist. So it is not his wheelhouse. And we were getting along, so we didn't have a lot to do, like when we were at year five, where we had a lot. So we dialogued over the remote control, which is so funny, because you wouldn't think that's a big deal. But I was like, okay, I can't really think of anything. I'm kind of annoyed that you always have to hold the remote control. What's that about? You know, and 
And then he answered, and I just mirrored back to him that growing up, he got home late. He was always in plays and academics and sports and all this stuff. And he would get home late and his dinner was just sitting over there and there was only one TV and they were all watching it and he never got to pick. So in his own house, he just wants to hold the remote control. He'll watch whatever silly thing I want to watch, but he just wants to hold it. And then I had all this empathy for him and I was like, okay, you can hold it all day long. You know, that's so funny when Doug, so my, I'm like a touch love language kind of person. I like when my, I like when I'm driving and my husband reaches over and puts his hand on my leg. I like holding hands when we cross the street, like that kind of stuff. And I was getting frustrated by it. This was early on, earlier on in our relationship. We were still living in Dallas. And I was like, I hate that you never hold my hand in public. Mm. Um, I, I said, I feel like it makes me feel like you don't love me. And he said, are you kidding me? I love you so much. And it scares me so much that we live in a world where if I'm seen, if we're seen holding hands crossing a public street, someone might want to hurt you. Oh. And I was like, oh. Oh, right. Well, and then you, so not, I mean, it wasn't even so loving on my mm-hmm. radar. I was like, well, clearly you don't like me. Right. If you want to hold my hand, he's like, actually, no, the difference is that I, I really love you so much that I couldn't stand to be the, to bear the idea that someone would, would hurt you because they see two guys holding hands together. Yeah. And understanding his backstory, like the reason, because right. we all make up the story in our head over why something's happening. Right. And then it's, that's what I tell couples to use. The story I'm telling myself is this. Is that true? So the story you were telling yourself is you don't like me as much as I like you or you're not wanting to be as an affectionate. And he's like, no, hon, this is this is what's really happening. Yeah. I care so much uh, about you. I just don't want you to ever get hurt. And so I'm so glad you asked him yeah. or said like it brought something up. Right. I mean, that's something well, I'm that, sure the that, way that I asked him was, was more like, hey, I hate when you do this. <laughs> but we got there. Beth. But you, you got, got there, there. You because got if the you point. can get to the underneath, that's how we really know our person. Right. When we know all their backstory and their underneath like no one else. Yeah. And then then you feel like a unit because you have all this empathy for each other. So what do you think, Beth? We're going to be like, we're, but we'll both be empty nesters in like, well, I got a like long 18 time years for me, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like 15 for, 15 us, yeah. for you guys. 14. How, how do you make sure that at the end of that, you are still want to be a couple? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I was, you know, listening to you all talk before about the vacations and Scott and I aren't as good at that either. We only have one child. He's 16 now. So we're we're getting closer to yeah. that empty nest thing. So we do it more like once every five years. Um, we do a lot of date nights sure. here, but we don't go off without him because it's fun to take him with us yeah, now. You know, sure. he's, he's raring to go. Um, I just think keeping it about the we and not just the me. Obviously, we all need to do a lot of self-care, right? It's really important to take care of myself so that I can be better for those that I love. But if every decision I make is just, well, what's good for me? Well, what's this? Instead of thinking of the us or the we, it's really important that you get that sense of, is this good for both of us? You know, I play mahjong. I go do girl stuff. I do whatever. And it's like, that's fine to do. But if I was doing that every night of the week, would that be good for my relationship? Or for parents with younger kids, if you're always sleeping in your kid's bed, I heard one about are always letting them sleep in your bed. Is that good for your relationship? Mm -hmm. So it's trying to figure out, is this good for the us? Is this good for the we? Because I can't just be focused always on what's just good for me. So here's the follow up to that. What do you say to the person who's listening who's like, I feel like I always do what's good for the we, but my partner is always doing what's good for the him or her. Right. How do you like... How do you get that person on board or help them to realize, like, look, if we don't both do this together, we will drift apart? Well, I think you 
trying to make that concerted effort to speak kindly and to get your message across. So there's a couple of things you can do. Ask if now's a good time. I know that seems weird, but you think about it. If you call a friend on the phone before I launch into my story with you or with my sister or with anybody, I'd say, hey, is now a good time for us to talk? So making sure you have their undivided attention, right? And then really kind of trying to present your case, talk using I statements, using that assertive communication. I feel this when this happens. I feel like I'm really trying and working and I'm not feeling like it's coming back. And then if you just do get what Gottman's calls is the four horsemen of negativity. So if you're just getting defensiveness or someone's stonewalling you, they kind of refuse to speak to you or a lot of criticism back or contempt, that means your marriage is in trouble and I would seek professional help. If the person's like, I just don't understand. I feel like I am trying because a lot of people and men, I'm not trying to stereotype, but do acts of service instead of some of the touchy-feely or words of affirmation. So if you're getting things, but you're not getting what you want, that's a place to start negotiation, especially if that person's mm-hmm. interested in having the conversation with you. You know, it's funny that you say that. So Doug, my husband's name is Doug. Uh, his love language is acts of service. Yeah. So like I, and it's funny, we were talking, what the heck it was, but there was something in the yard that was broken or whatever, whatever it was. And I, oh, it was uh, we on the pool, the little flap on the skimmer. When we yes. bought the house, it was missing, right? So for years, this thing's been missing, whatever. And he mentioned one day that, gosh, you know, the leaves would really stay out of here because they, they just keep on coming back in. So the next time the pool guy came over, I was like, hey, could you, could you fix that, right? Thinking nothing of it, right? And then I heard him talking to friends of ours and he was like, I about came out of my skin. I thought it was the night, it was Steve had the pool flap fixed. I mean, you would have thought that I like, you know, lined the house in roses and candles and, you know, just like, you know, sang him a song that I wrote on my guitar. I don't have a guitar, but you know, (laughs) but to him, he was, it was like blown, you know, away by that. And I think it's important to kind of understand, um, you know, what, what your partner, you know, appreciates. One of the things that we do in our relationship that I will say has been helpful and it's not something we've always done, but it's something that we were more that we've recently done is when one of us has something, we'll say, um, hey, are you looking for um, feedback or support? Mm. Ooh, that's good. So good. It really, it really changes the conversation. Yeah. You know, like I had something that I wanted to do and I was like, hey, I need to share something with you. I'm not looking for feedback. I'm looking for support. Yeah. Um, but it's something that you need to know about, right? And he was like, okay, cool. Like it's, you know, he had something at work and, uh, you know, it was an email that he had sent and I was like, before we get to it, like, <laughs> because I'm assuming you want me to critique and get my red pen out here. Yeah. Do you? Or yeah. do you just want to say, want me to tell you that, hey, you know what? I support you and I love you. And because you can't unsend that email. Right. So. No, no. And I think that's a really good distinction. I think it's really important. The other thing, too, is, and you mentioned this, it's like, we assume that our partner wants to be loved the way that we want to be loved, right? Uh-huh. I used to bring Scott, I may have told you this before, I used to bring Scott breakfast in bed on his birthday thinking, oh, I was right. so sweet because we did a big birthday breakfast yeah. in bed when I was growing up and I thought, oh, that was so sweet. Finally, after three years of marriage, he was like, Beth, please stop doing this. I hate this so much. <laughs> I'm so like, glad you told you. I know, right, right, thank God. Yeah. But it was like, I really don't like this. I want to sleep in. Come wake me up with something else. But, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. this is not hot food first thing in the morning before I've had coffee is not is not my idea so of fun. Funny. And before this was before we had our son. Yeah. So it's like so it's really getting curious again again about I think these things make me feel loved. But what makes you feel loved? And the golden rule is love someone the way you, you know, do as to others as you want it to be done. Right. The but platinum case, rule. Right 
is that I want to love you the way you want to be loved. Yeah. And I'm willing to figure out what that is. Oh, because because all the rom That can take a long right. time. Yeah, sure it can. You're right. All the rom-coms did us that's dirty. You, that they do. That You bring people breakfast in bed, right? Right, but that not everybody wants <laughs> not it. Not everybody likes it. No, no. And, and to some people, it's fixing the skimmer. And yeah. to some other people, it is the candlelight dinner. Right? Well, you know, I mean, it's funny. So for, again, so we, my husband is a bit of an introvert. I'm a bit of an extrovert when it comes to certain things. And it takes me a while to truly understand that the his least 60 favorite 60 seconds of the year is the time it takes people to sing happy birthday to him he hates it Ooh, and i'm like Doug surely you, would be surely friends. you don't yeah, i mean obviously like, no, i know you're saying but surely you don't. and it's like no i don't like mm-hmm. i don't want to party yeah. i don't want to don't put you know, it on it like have the kids and you Great. Awesome. And I'm like, okay, like, which kind of goes back to what you were talking about that I wanted to ask you about. How do you navigate that? So for me, I'm like, like, we just got invited to like trivia night at a neighbor's house. And I'm like, oh my God, so fun. Trivia night. Like, you know, you know, and sometimes when we get invited, actually, oftentimes when we get invited to things, my first thought is, oh, he's not going to want to go to this. Yeah. How do you navigate that? I think you ask him, right? Like, what are the things <laughs> oh, you want to do and what are the things you don't? But, you know, I have an exercise that couples can do. I mean, right on the top of the fa- page, I feel loved and cared for when and write 10 statements, write them positive, specific and present tense. Now, I will say I wouldn't write something on there that Scott would never do, but you can write something on there that has been done in your relationship before and maybe isn't being done now, especially as we get into these marriages, pregnancy journeys, all the things we go through. So maybe you've gotten a little static and you want to bring some of these things back. You can certainly write things. I wouldn't write when you write me sonnets because that's not something (laughs) Scott's ever going to do. But I could write when you fill my car up with gas, Uh when you bring me coffee. Scott loves to do those acts of service and I really enjoy some of those. But some of the other things, when you just ask me to snuggle, like I love that when he's like, one is notable. And I'm like, yes, always. I say yeah. yes. You know, but I like <laughs> for him to the elf. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a spooner. So, yeah. So it's really, it's sharing with your partner what those things are for you. And you can do that as a fun exercise and exchange your list and go back and forth and share. Oh, that's fun. I, I like that's a really good tangible, like take that, make your list, everybody, and and then share that. Well, and doing it as, and presenting it as a fun exercise, because I think that a lot of couples think to themselves, oh, if we have to sit down and make a list, our marriage is in trouble. But really, no, this is a way of actively participating and making sure that your marriage doesn't get to the point where no it's in, in trouble. fact sometimes i have couples take the five love languages quiz and it's not scientific it's just fun to get your mind thinking sure. which are the things i like is that something we can find online for oh people yeah okay. it's find online we'll we can we can put a link it's okay. super easy to find the five and then they can see okay do i like physical touch do i like words of affirmation do i like gifts what do i like and those then i can put the things on my list that i really enjoy what's yours what do you like oh I, I like it all. I think I have all the languages, all the love languages. <laughs> She's multilingual. But I will say, I don't like, like something that Heath does that I'm obsessed with is no matter what, like w- what happened, he will never leave without like coming over, giving me a hug and a kiss and saying goodbye. Like he's always the bigger person with that. And then same thing when he gets home, he'll find me right away, no matter where I am in the house and like connect with me. But what will really tick me off is then if he immediately goes into retreat to something else, I want like more time. Yeah. You know, because we've been apart all day. So I'm like, okay, well, you can't just like check off the box of like kissed her, I kissed her and then move on to something else. So but like, I think we navigate it, you know, in an interesting way. And I'm so over the idea that, oh, if you go to therapy, then your, your relationship's in trouble. No. Absolutely not. Like Nonsense. when you when you're working, you do continuing education credits. 
Right. So, so don't say that your job's more important than your relationship. Like surely if you're going to go like, you have to get, you know, do your CECs for whatever it is that you have. Surely we can do some CECs as couples, right? Why not in high school? I really, really, truly believe there could be a relationship wellness class in every high school, certainly in every college or tra- I agree with you because yeah. these are, I mean, Scott and I's parents were both divorced. I mean, we, they're all nice people, but we didn't learn great skills. So after I got, I got out of grad school, we went at year five of our marriage. We were in a little bit of trouble right yeah. then. And so we went and got some really good therapy. We got this Imago therapy and that's what turned me on to go get certified in that. Mm-hmm. But I will say there are a lot of good relationship therapists, but my favorite thing is when I'll see somebody right before they get married and then they come back like two years right later, right before they're about to have a baby. Right. And so I love when I see couples and they just come in to do checkups. Like we're coming into this new phase. Can you help us? Can you make sure? Or they'll just come dialogue. That's what it's called. When you sit across from each other and do the model, we just want to dialogue this because this seems a little bigger. One of us wants to go to the fair and one of us doesn't or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. After big life events, it seems like that is when there ends up being people split up. It's like, after, you know, a, like a trauma in the family, a death in the family. Or having kids. I totally get that's that what I'm now. Saying. Like kids, like, I mean, so many people, it's like once the kids get to a certain age, and I think that ch- age is actually changing. It used to be when we were growing up, it was after high school. And I think now it's, um, it's like when the kids go to school, like age five and six, yes. I'm seeing like a lot of that. Um, split up. What do you, what do you, are there best practices for, you know, after there's a big life event, like a birth or a fertility journey or a death or a job change or a move to a new city to kind of keep yourselves intact? Well, I think doing those things, like really knowing how your partner feels loved and keep doing them. Also sharing appreciations. You know, even if words aren't one of the things that pops up, really being generous with your words, with your partner. I really appreciate when you do this and keeping that heart of gratitude. I mean, it's so easy in everyday life. We could all notice all the things about our spouse that bugs us in a certain day, right? There's going to be things or you can choose. I want to love their otherness. I know that they're different for me. I picked them for a reason and I'm going to seek out the ways I can constantly be grateful. And I'm going to look for those things. And with some couples that have really gotten their head in a negative space about their spouse, I'm like, just go through instead of just three random gratitudes a day. I love keeping gratitude. Yes. You know, rather than just random ones, do three about your spouse every night and then share oh, one. That's good. Right? Because it's like, I need to really focus on the fact that you're the person I chose and we have this family together. And it's not always going to be easy. I mean, my husband and I have had some of our doozyest fights over parenting. I mean, it can yes. be stressful, right? Yes. But if you can get this foundation that we're on the same team, you're my family. I love you no matter what. And at the end of the day, I'm going to try to appreciate what I can. And what I can't, I'm going to try to empathize with. I don't always agree with you, but I can empathize with where you're coming from. And if I'll hear you out, we'll probably get to a place where we can negotiate. I love it. Okay, so obviously neither one of us can call you as a therapist, but the rest of the people that are listening <laughs> yes, can. So where exactly. can they find you if they want to get in touch? I'm at erjcounseling.com or on Instagram, Beth Reader Johnson or ERJ Counseling on Facebook. This has been, I mean, I could sit here for an hour. We would Me love to too. have you back. This has been oh, really I'd love to come really, back. Really, really wonderful. We appreciate that. Love uh, their you being otherness. Here. Okay. So my question for you, is there uh-huh. something that you've ever said to Heath? Hey, I need you to do more of this thing. A, a billion things. I mean, <laughs> like I said, now we've been going, we started with premarital and we go, you know, it's, uh, probably at least once a month ever since then. Um, but I would say that the biggest thing is 
like I need that focused attention because when we first got married, I was working overnight. So I didn't know like what he did in the evenings. And I assumed that when I, you know, it was like expectation versus reality. I thought that once we were home in the evenings that I don't know why I thought we were going to like cook dinner together, then yeah. watch TV together, then like mow the lawn, then pay bills together. And I just had this imagine. He was just like, I've been doing my own thing for all these years. So, so the expectation was so different. Right. So then we've had to figure out how to carve out that time. And I actually really like my alone time, but it was just the fact that the two of us were both there and doing different things. I felt like, well, doesn't he want to hang out with me? Well, and I think that those come up in really silly ways. Like I remember when we moved into our house, when we lived in Kessler, I don't know if you remember our kitchen, but we had those glass front cabinets. I love that house. So, oh, me too. Oh so gosh, good. I love that house. Um, so we were unpacking and I had gone out to do something and I came home and Doug had put all of the cereal in the glass front cabinets. And I was like, what? 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 He was like, well, that way you can see what we have. Yeah, we don't want to see that. Like, Nobody wants to see like, that. Because my expectation when we saw the house, I was like, this is where our cute dishes are going to go. Yeah. Right. And he was like, no, this is where we're going to keep cereal. So I know what we need to buy. These are arguments that never enter the but hemisphere you know with saying, ethos. Right? But like, it it's would like, never change like it. my, I, I was like, oh my God, your brain works totally different yeah. than mine does that you looked at that. But I will say something that I have said to him, because again, I'm like a touch, you know, and touch and feel kind of person. Um, I've always, uh, one of the things that we do do in the morning, as soon as we see each other is a hug and a kiss. Good morning. Yeah. Because that really kind of sets the tone for us for the day. And it's something that I need quite frankly. Yeah. Heath will even do it. Even if I'm just like, Oh, I'm so annoyed with you. He still does it. And it kind of softens me. And you, you, yeah. you know what I mean? It just kind of softens me. And it was funny. You brought up a, a habit that Heath has that is very unsavory. <laughs> and, um, I do not love, but I can appreciate his otherness. And I, oh, have he dips. For, yes. yes. So, and he was, and Steve was like, that just seems so weird for you. And I was like, well, you know what? I, I mean, I honestly didn't think he was going to still be doing it at this point. However, why, why would you possibly uh, still be the same person after we get married? Right. I know. Right. <laughs> but I guess I just sort of thought of it as like a young, like a sort of more of a juvenile habit. Right. And, um, so I thought, well, surely when we have kids, this isn't going to be a thing. And it's, you know, you just have to, like, I have to live my life and have my habits and he has to have yeah. his habits and he may quit and he may not, but I can't be attached to it. I have to like. Let that ship sail. Well, and quite frankly, I, 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 my hope for you is that that is your biggest problem with exactly. your life's partner. <laughs> right. Yeah, exa exactly. I'm, it's, you know, is it ideal? No, but you guys who are listening, I'm sure that there's something there is that your something. partner does that isn't ideal. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, listen again, we thank you for joining uh, us today. And, you know, every week we want to remind you there's back episodes on all the different platforms that you can find us on. Uh, go ahead and click, uh, click like, click that subscribe button. It's how we get to keep doing what we love. And if you do nothing else today, make sure you go find yourself a friend who you don't need to clean the house for. We'll see you soon. 